0: We are live in here on Memorial Day 2022, and today, the author of The End of Country is Seamus McGraw. Are you a Seamus McGraw? How are you? How are you, Rhett? Well, a half of the morning there to you. <laughs> How are things up there in Pennsylvania
1: with the Pennsylvania Dutch? Yeah, well i 'm a little bit north of the pennsylvania dutch but it 's it's a it 's a, a glorious morning
0: where, where are you geographically in,
1: Pennsylvania uh, i am about uh, oh i 'd say eighty miles west of New York City in the uh, the mountains um, a magnificent place uh, the I, I spend most of my time these days. Uh, well, not this time of year, but I spend most of my time these days with a rifle in my hand, hunting in the hills behind my house.
0: Now, listen. Are you on a Are you on a cordless phone?
1: I am. Would you like me on a Yeah,
0: yeah. Because it's on making we're to... Yeah, we're getting. Yeah, we're, getting we're getting a... Okay, I'm sorry. Is that any better? Yes, Is that we, any we now have separated ourselves from the 1980s, and we're back to today. You sound good, Seamus. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Howdy, <laughs> <laughs> ah, Seamus McGraw. So, what are you Scottish or are you Irish? I'm,
1: I'm Irish. I'm Irish.
0: I'm Irish too, Delancey. I come from the Delancey Palmer oh, clan. There you go. There you go. Yes, are get, from Mayo. Well, I got to get together some time and tip a few.
1: Actually, <laughs> well, you know what. uh I am. Um, uh, I I I I don't drink. It's it's been, it's been forty years since I've taken a drink. Uh, but it's been twelve twelve for um, me. I was once me. in a bar in Dublin and
0: yeah, uh, Waiting
1: for uh, killing time and uh, you know the guy turned around and said and went to pour me a drink and I said I don't drink. He says, well, what the hell are you doing in Dublin? Um, but yeah. um yeah. in any event,
0: yeah. Now I haven't had a drink in twelve years myself. So mm. are you a friend of Bill's?
1: I am a friend of Bill. Ah, of Billy there you go. Show, yeah. So you can't be all bad, even though it'll you be, are. It'll be it'll be thirty-eight years this
0: year. Even so. though you are a liberal, <laughs> <laughs> you're my and new a proud one
1: at that. Red, you're my new favorite
0: that. best. You know, uh, well, who, what was the, I was watching a movie on on uh, Robert F Kennedy
1: mm-hmm. on
0: Netflix the other day, and all of a sudden, you know, I uh. I I started to say, oh, my God, maybe I've turned into a liberal. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got to meet him when I I was dating Patty Brady, an Mm -hmm. Irish girl, when I was 11 years of age Mm -hmm. in Poughkeepsie, New York, and Mrs. Brady wanted to go see Robert F. Kennedy as he flew into the Dutchess County Airport because he was running for the presidency. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what you think. And I know people are jealous of people with money, and maybe they thought that—first of all, JFK was an honorable hero, an absolute hero. He, he uh, almost gave up his life of swimming guys, saving them from drowning off of that ship onto an island. I mean, this is a bona fide hero. And uh, you know, I just watched this video, and I just could see. I mean, if they, if one of them had an affair with Marilyn Monroe, well, you know, what have you done lately that's not that's a sin, you know? Uh, let uh, he, let exactly. he, let he, let who is without sin cast the first stone. But I'll tell you this: either I'm totally stupid, and that is a possibility. But uh, I, either I'm totally stupid, or I watch this movie, and I look him in the eye, and you know, I've interviewed presidents, kings, queens, secretary of state, superstars, non-stars, space aliens. I'm going to tell you something. Robert F. Kennedy and JFK were two good human beings.
1: I think, in a lot of ways, that's probably true. I yep. think, in a lot of ways, that's probably true. And I think, I think one of the things we need to learn to do, Red, um, is to value people for their failures. You know, before we got on my air, you 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 talked a little bit about your faith. Yes, sir. Um, and. Uh, one of the things that uh, you know we probably don't share the same faith um but my faith is pretty important to me and okay. every now and then I'll turn around and I'll retreat to scripture and one of the things that I find when I when I look through scripture yeah is um that the patriarchs uh, our leaders um our role models are all terribly flawed people oh yeah um, who still found it in themselves. To serve. To rise to an occasion. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's really important that uh when we when we think about uh, these people, and we may end up discussing heroes today. Um I think it's really important when we have this discussion yeah. um to realize first how rare heroes are and that even heroes um, are binary, are flawed. I think that's an important message. What does, bi- to, what does binary mean? It means that it's not just one thing. Okay, binary. It means that it's not just, none of us are just one thing.
0: No. No, I mean, I've, 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 as I get to be an older person, I always thought that I was just lily white. And I was really a good person. Then I said, oh, yeah, well, what's that idea you were thinking about, you know, uh, putting your name on some vitamin uh, bottles, uh, and having a drop ship company, and, and just doing it for filthy lucre? And uh, would you really check into making sure that those vitamins are legitimately good uh, for humans, you know? I mean, I don't think I would ever sell something that wasn't, but I certainly have thought about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, I am a flawed human being. I mean, is money that important to you? You know, I, I, if, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to sell them food that has poison in it. If you That's love right. your That's neighbor, you're not going yeah, to... I
1: mean, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yes. That's absolutely true. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Um, and, you know, what you're talking about is, again, something I, I, I hope we'll discuss over the next... Whatever, However long we're on, um, yeah. which is the idea that, yeah, we're all flawed, okay, and we all have rights. We live in a society that gives us the rights to do certain things, but every one of those rights carries with it a responsibility, and sometimes those responsibilities are awesome. I also challenge one other thing that you said. As you pointed out, you're Irish, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lily White, we've only been white since Bing Crosby. <laughs> <Is> I... <laughs> <laughs> what were we? What were we before that? We we were filthy Irish. I had a
0: filthy Irish there.
1: We were you filthy know. Irish. Isn't it
0: amazing what people what people do because they want to be tribal? Uh, you, mm-hmm. You've seen those signs that say, you know, uh, you know, we need laborers. Uh, you know, ninety cents an hour. If you're Italian, fifty cents an hour. If you're right. I, if you're Irish, you need not apply. Right? right. Why would they do that? Why would And it's just like with black people. You got people that got a tan, and the same people that, like, they're hating people because they got a tan, yet they go to the beach and they put tanning oil on so they can get a dark tan. I don't get it. It's fear. Yeah. It's fear. It is. It's stupid fear. fear. Stupid fear. Yep. Stupid fear. Mm. You know, in the Bible it says, I think it's over 360 times fear not. Mm-hmm. Now about our religion, I don't know if we're the same or not, but I will tell you this. Jesus said, Many, many will come to me on that day. You know, I just I saw I saw a video last night of a local church and there was this lady screaming, oh, praise God. And I'm going, Oh my God, I don't want somebody yelling at me. And you know, and, and Jesus said, Many, many will come to me that day. And she was talking a lot about demonic activity and stuff. and. He says, uh, they will come to me and say they they cast out demons in my name. But he says, I'll say I never knew you because to others he'll say, come in, you fed me when I was hungry, you clothed me when I was naked, you visited me in prison. They'll say, well, who is this? Who are you? We don't remember you. Well, when you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Come in for your reward is great. You know, vacuous religion. Going and sitting on the pew once a week religiously is not going to get you entree into heaven, as I see it.
1: I, I, I don't think there's. I don't think you and I have much disagreement there, Rhett. Um, you know, and when it comes to those who preach the loudest, you know, I, I also go back to scripture and rem- remember Elijah and the still small voice in the cave.
0: Now tell me that story. Tell me that, sir, because I'm not sure I know. I know about Elijah. I know he was a really anointed
1: guy. just the, the voice of God is not thunder. Oh. The voice of God is a whisper in your heart.
0: And he is. You're right. Yeah. That's right. He's a whisper in your heart. I'm going to write that down. So I'll have to look up that story, though. A whisper. How do you spell whisper? W-H? No, W-I. <laughs> <How do> you... <laughs> yeah, there's
1: no H in my name, but there is an H in whisper.
0: Okay, W-H-I-S-P-E-R. Okay, yeah. Right. Whisper God's voice, God's. Well, it even says in the Bible, let the the peace of God be an umpire in your heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, Well, anyway, we got a lot to talk about. Um, You're the author. By the way, folks, we're talking to Seamus McGraw, Seamus McGraw. He's the author of a few books, including the critically acclaimed The End of the Country. And uh, Seamus has been a regular contributor to many publications, including The New York Times, Huffington Post, Playboy, Popular Mechanics, Reader's Digest. The Forward, Spin, Stuff, Radar, and has appeared on Fox Latino. Oh, Buenas noches, amigo. Gracias, señor Jesus. He has received the Freedom of Information. That's supposed to impress you that I know a little Spanish. <laughs> 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 he has received the Freedom of Information Award from the Associated Press Managing Editors, the Golden Quill Award. Now, here's the thing, is though. From this, uh, let's see. From the Casey Fennish, a Society of Professional Journalists, father of four... Mm-hmm. Wow, he lives in the woods of northeastern Pennsylvania and has been keeping uh, a ba- at bay from the CIA and the FBI that are on his trail. We'll find him soon. <laughs> yeah, now
1: they, they know right where I am. They're not looking for me. And you're? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, you're a liberal, so they can't touch you, man. <laughs> so this should be fun. Uh, I'm supposed to be a conservative, but sometimes I don't know. But I, uh, I, I am, I am. I would say this, uh, I I, I know you're going to rebuke everything I say, but, you know, they say the reason, you know, the first thing Hitler did was take away the guns. The first thing Castro did was take away the guns. You know, guns aren't the enemy, it's the people.
1: I'm not going to rebuke everything you say, okay? (laughs) Um, It is... Hello? Guns. Yeah. Guns. Alright. Now yeah. let me let me let me preface this by uh by just telling you a little bit about myself. Okay. Okay. I am not some rabbit anti gun nut. Okay. Okay. Is that a rabbit anti gun or a rabbit? Rabid. Rabbit. Rabid. <laughs> I am not a rabbit I'm just trying to be funny. Nut. Okay. There are There is probably, except for Sundays, when it's except for Sundays. (laughs) Except for Sundays when it's not lawful. There is hardly a day that goes by between the middle of October and the end of January that I do not have a rifle in my hand. Yeah, you're 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 a hunter kind of guy. I am an avid hunter. I feed my family. We have not had any red meat on our table this year except for maybe once that I didn't take on the hill.
0: Wow. You see, I'm the kind of guy that has some friends that have a little, uh, we're in Vero Beach, Florida, and they have a a, a ranch out west of town. They had this really cute bull, and the bull Mm -hmm. would come up and he would lick my arm and stuff.
1: And then I went up to their farm. And, the bulls, they ate the bulls. <laughs> but I will them. say, I will say that I will say this, Red. What? Well, okay. Yeah. Um, we have a crisis in this country. No. Yeah. Um, a crisis of gun violence. We have seen in the last two weeks. Two mass slaughters. It's getting crazy out there. Ten people in Buffalo. 21. In a town I know, Uvalde, Texas. I've been there a number of times. Why were you there? I I, I do a lot of writing out of Texas. Texas. And I spend a lot of time in Texas. So the, you, the, 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 you go the the to you go to Texas.
0: You go to Texas to write, huh? I,
1: I I write a lot. I write most of my books. Most, my last three books have been published by the University of Texas Press. Cool. Oh well, wow. So I so spend you're... a lot of time. I spend a lot of time in Texas. Well wow.
0: Now, okay. by the way, folks, he has written the book from a taller tower: the rise of the American mass shooter. I would think if you get this out right now, you'll sell a lot of copies of this man.
1: Well, you know what? I'll feel very guilty about that. Right? Why? Yeah, okay. I know. Because you're making it off I will the, feel uh... very guilty about that. I will feel very guilty. Okay, about uh, profiting. Although it's, I'm still a long way from profiting on it. Profiting, <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, from anything. a yeah. uh, an atrocity like this. And let me be very, very, very specific. Very, very clear. Okay, I don't use the word tragedy yeah. to describe these things. Tragedies are things that just happen. Tragedies are are things that uh, we could not prevent. These are atrocities. These are atrocities. And let me tell you, let, let me go to your point about guns. I am not of the belief that guns alone are the one factor that contributes to this unfolding crisis. But, but, over the last 60 years, since... Charles Whitman, and I don't name the killers in my book except for two. The one I believe was the first modern American mass shooter, Charles Whitman, at the University of Texas Tower on August 1st, 1966, who ushered in this era of mass slaughter. And the killer at Las Vegas who I believe is the first postmodern American mass shooter who stripped it down to its absolute basics narcissism a grudge and more firepower from a taller tower none of the others do I mention okay by name mm. I don't have to you know why because their bloody deeds are written in every one of our souls, I do believe that in the sixty years, 50, fifty-six, since August first, nineteen sixty-six, we have clung desperately to myths that have allowed these massacres to continue. One of those myths, one of those most pernicious myths is the myth that more guns in more hands will solve the problem. And let me walk you through what I'm saying here. Okay. In the 60 years since that first slaughter, the last victim of that slaughter. That's a word I also rarely use because victimhood is a, uh, is a concept that uh, these killers claim for themselves. They all see themselves as a victim. I once had the opportunity to, uh, to speak to a guy who had committed one of these mass slaughters, And I, I asked him, I said, would a good guy with a gun have stopped you? And he said, you know what, I thought I was the good guy with the gun. In the 60 years since this mass slaughter has begun, we have technologically improved the means of delivering some of the most lethal rounds we have ever developed. That killer, that depraved, narcissistic sociopath who walked into that school in Uvalde, Texas last Tuesday had purchased on credit more than 1,600 rounds of ammunition capable of vaporizing flesh, shattering bones, and exploding organs in full grown adults. And the means to deliver them, enough rounds, 1,600 rounds, enough to decimate. The definition of decimate is to, if punishment or retribution kill one in ten, to decimate the entire population of Uvalde, Texas, within 90 seconds, 90 seconds, a fraction of the time you and I have just been talking, he could have showered a hundred rounds. I wonder why he didn't. Why he didn't is because there was nobody left in that room to kill. Now, I will say this. One of the things we're doing right now, as you and I are having this discussion, is there is a raging, raging debate in this country, and particularly in Uvalde, Texas, about the 40 minutes that the cops stood outside and did not rush that room. And you know what? There must be accountability for that. There must be accountability for that. But you know what? If we're honest...
0: The cops aren't the bad guys.
1: If we're honest, we have to acknowledge that this inept, poorly trained, and untested situation commander could have justly concluded that there was no one left in that room to save. And that goes to the heart of the myth that we've been clinging to since Charles Whitman climbed that tower. And that is the notion that it's, it's deeply rooted in our culture. Guns and, and, and the mythology, mythologization of guns has been with us since colonial days. There's no question about it. But it has gained, it gained currency in the wake of the Sandy Hook Massacre, when we came up with this marketing slogan, the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. We've now turned around, and this goes back to that thing we were talking about in the very beginning, the binary nature of man. Implicit in that, implicit in that theory, okay, is the theory that somehow, miraculously, heroes will rise up amongst us in moments of extreme, extreme duress, faced with unimaginable horror okay and be able to turn around and face off against a killer armed with weapons that were initially designed to inflict the most gruesome wounds imaginable on grown men on battlefields there are heroes among us rat there are okay out of 277 out of 277 mass slaughters, and you and I can have a lengthy discussion about why there were 277 mass slaughters between 2000 and 2018, but out of 277 mass slaughters between 2000 and 2018, good guys with guns interrupted the slaughter of the time. 12% of the time, three times as many, were interrupted by good guys without guns. And most that ended in the death of the killer. It was the bad guy with the gun that took him out. He blew his own narcissistic, sociopathic brains out after having committed slaughter. Now, there are heroes among us. There are heroes among us. Mm -hmm. In Sutherland Springs, in Texas, less than two hours from Uvalde, the same trauma center, that treated the, the casualties from Uvalde, treated the casualties from Sutherland Springs. In that case, there was an absolute hero, an absolute unquestioning hero, unquestionable hero, a guy by the name of uh, Stephen Williford. Stephen Williford was asleep in his bed, okay, on that Sunday morning when a gunman clad in body armor, which is the costume these killers choose, armed with an AR-15 and a handgun, stormed into a church and began a slaughter.
0: Williford
1: did not hesitate. Barefoot. He ran to his gun safe. Took out one of the AR-15s that he owns and uses because he's a a competition shooter. Ran up the street to the church. Called into the church. The killer put down his AR-15 came outside and confronted Williford with a handgun. They exchanged fire. Williford may have hit him, okay, in the side. Didn't make any difference because he was wearing body armor. Oh, yeah. The guy got into his truck, took off. Williford flagged down another good guy, chased him for 11 miles before the guy wrecked his car. Mm-hmm. and then killed himself. Really? Now. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the beginning of that story. Let's go back to the beginning of that story. Mm-hmm. Williford calls into the church. He believes that he is that he that it's the holy spirit speaking through him. Mhm. And he calls into that church, and the killer puts down his AR-15 and comes out. There is, it is not at all clear. It is not at all clear that that killer had any idea that Williford was armed. It is not, what is clear, Rhett... is that it wasn't, even though he would have, and even though he would have with a clear conscience, it is clear that it wasn't Williford's gun that ended this atrocity. It was the good guy. It was the good guy. Now, We have built a system, Rhett. We have built a system that in the wake of the massacre at Santa Fe, the massacre at El Paso, the massacre at Odessa Midland, where we've turned around and said, oh, we will place our faith that heroes like Stephen Williford and our first responders will rise to the challenge. Heroes are rare. So are cowards. Most of us are somewhere in between. But even when those heroes do arise, like Stephen Wilford, it's not enough. It's not enough. When that killer put down his AR-15, he was about to have killed his 28th victim. Even when killers arise, or when heroes arise, even when heroes arise, they cannot prevent these
0: slaughters. All right, listen, we do have to take a break, and then we're going to come back He's the author of The Rise of the American Mass Shooter. We'll be right back. I'm Rhett Palmer, Mayor of the Airwaves. All right, this is the Mayor of the Airwaves, and uh, we're talking with the author of The Rise of the American Mass Shooter. And uh, I have two guests that have entered the studio. I don't know if you can fix the camera so they can see them, too. And uh, uh, Seamus, Seamus McGraw. Is my guest, are you there, Seamus? I'm here, I'm here. And I had these. I have these fellas booked for uh, another uh, show we're going to do after we say goodbye to you, but I figured I'd invite them in. Uh, if you can see it, my one friend here, uh, Sylvester McIntosh, he is a handsome, tall black man with his, that's a marine outfit you have on, right? I mean, that's a really spiffy looking outfit, man. And his white marine hat, and he's brought along his friend, Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Char- Charlie? Jones. Charlie Jones, and you're a pastor? Yes. Okay. Now, I know this about Mr., uh, uh, about, uh, how, do I refer, how do I refer to I know you're my friend, but how do I refer to you now? Is it lieutenant or something, or just?
2: Doctor, Sylvester.
0: Doctor, Macandre. oh, the religion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, doctor. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, I want you to explain to uh, Seamus. Now, Seamus has guns. He mm-hmm. likes to hunt. And uh, and uh, I don't know if Seamus served in the military, but this gentleman did. And mm-hmm. I know you were shot in the lung, and you actually went back into combat and saved the lives of a number of men. Can you tell, uh, we'll, we'll get into the details of that later on today, but just so Seamus knows who we're talking with, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll have respect for you, is, uh, what, can you briefly tell that story? Where, where were you, in Vietnam? Or It, it was 1967,
2: May the 13th that uh, I gotten promoted to corporal that morning. At noontime, we were going out on a different mission. And uh, 15 minutes before <clears throat> three, I believe it was, uh, we ran into an ambush. Uh, it was 150 of us versus 2,000 North Vietnamese soldier. Uh, we was at the 17th parallel. And what happened at that time was that uh, I had just switched. I was first squad that had gone through the first village. The second village, second squad had taken over. And as they went into the second village, uh, they got ambushed, got caught in a horseshoe. So I brought my guys up and did a reverse horseshoe and went in and start bringing Marines out. Well, after I went in and pulled the first one out, which had gotten his jaw blown out. Uh, I could see the North Vietnamese soldiers uh, up in the tree, and he shot me. Well, I brought the guy out, and I went back, and I got my rifle, and I shot and killed the guy that had shot me. Then I went back to the He got you in the lung? Well, he got me in the chest and bruised my lung. Okay. Uh, Had it gone directly through my lung, I wouldn't be here today. But make a long story short, uh, after that, it took 50 years to get the Civil Star
0: such things as that. Well, we welcome you here today, and we're honored that you're here. And Uh, I have nothing but respect for... mm -hmm your service and your sacrifice. Yes, sir. I guess the the why we're here, gentlemen, is, you know, and uh, Seamus and I are, are new friends. He is a liberal, an extreme liberal, but this is kind of cool because he and I get along. I, oh, I tell- got
1: extreme during the course of the
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, come on, i got a radio show to promote here, man. <laughs> uh, no, I mean... Um, uh, Winston, could you turn my volume of my mic up? We're getting that weird echo thing, which only happens when my guest mics are higher than my mic. And since I am the uh, since I am the talk host, if you could turn their mics down just a wee little bit and turn mine up just a little bit, it'll have that full uh, bass quality that we want for my mm-hmm. listeners. Thank you, Winston. All right, so uh, so Seamus anyway is um, he is a, he is a hunter. Mm-hmm. He's written the book. Uh, from a taller tower, the rise of the American mass shooter. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I believe, uh, and I would like to know what you believe, Uh, that's the most important thing today, Uh, but, I mean, I've been told in Detroit, where there's uh, gun-free zones, we have more more people killed than anywhere else in the United States. Now, uh, I know that Seamus is going to refute that and contest that. Um, I I believe that Hitler took away the guns... I believe the Castro. I know the Castro took away the guns before he took over, and I think if you if you if you take away the guns, so, oh, I want to know before Seamus gets back into his his riff. Do you think that we should limit
2: guns? No, I don't think we should. Li- that's your Second Amendment right. Only thing I'm saying: Why do we need uh, semi-automatic rifles for hunting? We don't. Semi-automatic ref, uh, weapons were made for war.
0: But let me ask you, what if, what if somebody should take over? I mean, people were worried about Trump, but people, uh, some of us, the conservatives, are worried about guys like Biden and coming in and wanting to take control of our lives. I mean, they're, they're, they're mu- mu- muzzling people right now. Well, That's the same thing Hitler did. Next thing you know is... Uh, let let know. us step back a minute. Yes, sir.
2: We put it on Trump. We put it on Biden. Those only one man. Okay? And, and we talked about that earlier this morning at breakfast with some of my other veteran friends. We have to take and change uh, our politics, first of all. We need to come with the time limit with your senators and your congressmen. Nobody has to be in no office 30 years or such as that.
0: Okay, Eight- let, me, let, me, let me ask you this on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I first started on radio, Mm -hmm. The first day I was on, 28 years ago, some lady called the station and said, get him off the air, he doesn't know what he's doing. It took me time. Matter of fact, there are some out there that would say, I still need some growing up. But, you know, I'm I'm learning, I've become a better talk host, I believe, a better listener, whatever it takes to be a better talk host. Well, you know, when, when a congressman first gets elected, you know who's running the office? It's not the congressperson, congressman, congresswoman. It's the people running the office because they know what's going on. They get the pulse. The new, newbie comes in, so it takes time to learn. It's kind of like this the this, this sunshine law we have in Florida. You can't legislate morality.
2: I agree with you 100% with that, but uh, go back to what I was saying earlier. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you have eight years. In the military, you didn't have eight years to, to learn warfare. No. Huh? No. So you learned as you... Uh, would go along. Yes, You have been properly trained, and that's what it takes. Same thing with Congress. you running for uh, Congress. Our problems are because those that are in legislature such as that, uh, they are now listening to the lobbyists. This is where our problems come in. The lobbyists come in, and they put out so much money, and these guys becoming millionaires? No, that is not right. And it steamed down from that. Like I say, when it comes to guns, I got guns myself. Mm. But I'm I don't hunt how do they, anymore. How do
0: they become millionaires? What do you mean? Like the mm-hmm. you mean the Congress people? Yeah, that is correct. How does that work? How do Because I don't have a deceptive mind. If I did, I'd be wealthier guy. So how, how do they do that?
2: <laughs> Just like you on the station now. If I come in and lobby you to say certain
0: things... Then you pay me for that. There you go. Uh, by the <laughs> way, that's uh, that could happen if anybody's listening to this broadcast. <laughs> yes, I am available.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this you is know, where... I'd, I'd like to jump in for a moment. You, yes, please I, do. I could not agree more um, on the issue of the Second <laughs> Amendment and firearms... And semi-automatic rifles, right? Um, with your, with your, with your guest, I could not agree more with the, with, with, with this man who has done such honorable service. And I, I want to turn around and and address something that I think is a very important issue, and I think it, it, it it's one that tends to get overlooked. There's a story I tell in the book about um, one of the first officers. Into the classrooms at Sandy Hook, being debriefed. This—he was one of a three-man team who went into um, those classrooms and saw the slaughter. Hmm. And when they asked him, he said. I took the perimeter. They knew for a fact that he had not.
0: What does that mean, took the perimeter?
1: That he stood outside. They knew for a fact that he had not. Every other member, the other two members of his three-man team, had all said that he was right there with him.
0: Why would he lie? I don't don't
1: understand. He didn't lie. He didn't lie if it means intentionally misleading somebody. The horror that this trained police officer saw, this trained, experienced police officer, the horror that he saw in that classroom was so overwhelming that he simply erased the memory and replaced it with a false one. There's a story about a young officer at the Santa Fe Massacre. a A young police officer at the Santa Fe Massacre. Okay. Held down. Held down outside. Okay. While his own mother, a teacher inside that school, lay dead, or dying. Mm -hmm. He later said, I'm supposed to protect and serve people. I couldn't even save my own mother. Mm -hmm. We are asking police officers, EMTs, first responders, To face, in the wake of these massacres, with these particular weapons, again, capable of spraying a hundred rounds in 90 seconds, Mm -hmm. we are asking these police officers to face horrors on their home turf, That we have not asked American soldiers to face since at least the Civil War. And what do you think the consequences of that are? And when they fail, as they do from Uval, as they did in Parkland, when they flinch or hesitate, we vilify them, sometimes we even prosecute them. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be accountability, there certainly should. But you know what? And the lieutenant can tell you this. When a soldier flinches or fails on a patrol, he's given remedial training, he's back out on patrol. In two days or three days or five days, he has a chance to redeem himself in his own eyes, and the eyes of his comrades, for these officers. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. What is the cost that we as society bear on this? I'm not suggesting for a moment that what we need to do in the, the straw man, and I, I hate to be this this direct rat, but the straw man argument that we're that again it's binary, it's one or the other. We either turn around and do nothing or we turn around and take away all the guns and pave the way for some authoritarian takeover. It's not binary. It's not binary. We can restrict access to these particular types of weapons, which are favored by these killers, without abrogating the Second Amendment. We can do that, but no. we won't, mm-hmm. because we keep clinging to this idea that it's all or nothing. We keep clinging to this absurd idea that heroes will suddenly arise and that they will be able to save us.
0: Well, But but hold on, hold on. I understand. I understand. But, you know, you, you all think that we're in some sort of a modern age and it could never happen, that we could have a coup and that evil people could take over. If we don't have the kind of weaponry, yeah, it's for war. There could be damn war in America. Uh, we've all thought that in the past few years, have we not? Is there going to be civil war? You got some. You got some wacky lefties. You got some wa- wacky r- far righties, and 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 everything else in between. You know. I mean, you got to, you got people that fell out of the stupid tree and hit every branch on the way down. I mean, the, the people can't make up their mind. There's 300. Uh, uh, what, if you you know, if you have a penis, you're a, you're a man. If you have a vagina, you're a female. That's it. They're causing all these kids. I just watched a video last night on this girl who said, I was so confused. It confused my whole life as a teenager. you got to stop all this stuff. It's whacked.
2: Well, we're putting everything on mental illness. Mm-hmm. I go back. I was 10 years old in 1957. I come up in a religious setting. Most of my family were ministers and such as that. When O'Hare took prayer out of school, Mm -hmm. at that time we had well over 2 million Christians, or so-called Christians, in America at that time. It took 750 petitions 750,000 petitioned to take prayer out of school. There's no training at home anymore about God. And, and I don't knock those who don't want to teach their children. Out. But this country was founded on in God we trust. Yes. Okay? Yes. On our religious belief. These kids now are sitting up watching texts. Parents are working. Nobody home the train, so they sit them in front of the television set. As a babysitting device. That is correct. So whether you train them at home properly or put them in front of that TV, they are being trained. And when they get all these, where do you think these gangs came from?
0: Seen it on TV.
2: Seen it on TV. They came down with uh, guys going to prison with the pants hanging down. Now, well, this black
0: kids yeah, or white yeah, kids? Yeah, they don't even know that. That's a stu- They take away the belts of the of the prisoners. That's and, that. they, and I saw one kid recently. I was at a mall and I looked over. There was, were two boys there, mm-hmm. and the one boy I said. You know, your pants are like halfway down to your knees. It's got to be uncomfortable to to walk that way. (laughs) It's kind of like, And it
2: it goes back to what the Bible said. Train up a child the way it should go.
0: And they will not depart. They will return to it.
2: That's it. But we are not doing that. We want to fault everybody else. Oh, I shot these people because
0: Daddy spanked me too many times. I had an interview
2: some years ago. My word with some prisoners,
0: yeah,
2: and we were asking about the love of the family, mm-hmm. and these were rich white kids, okay? They were angry. So, Mr. Mack, had my parents took time not giving me everything, made me work for it, or like a lot of people, I would, probably would have valued it. They didn't love me. They gave me everything that I wanted. They didn't train me. They were flying off somewhere. And they put me in a boarding school. So other people are training. it. Say parents. Mm. Train I'm, up the I'm, child. I'm
0: one of those. There was a divorce, and I was sent off 2,000 miles away to a private school. Uh-huh. Never knew what it was like to be hugged. Never had anybody read a story to me. I know what my father was killed in a car accident day before my fifth birthday. And a fatherless society is a dangerous society. Very and dangerous. then a few years back, we got people that are paying... Um, particularly black women, not Mm -hmm. to to have more babies, and you'll continue to get welfare checks, but you can't have the man in the house. Uh So what happens? You have a fatherless society. Let me take you
2: back further than that. You told me a few years ago. It was always, go back into your history, the white man, and excuse me, I don't want to defend anyone, No, no, go ahead. It's okay. has always thought If he could keep the black man out of the family, put him in prison, he can do what he want not only to that black woman, okay? The only two slaves actually has been in America is the white woman and the black male. The white woman had to answer to her husband. He controlled her. Well, John Lennon said that. He said the woman is the nigger of the world. Right. And then, second law, that black man, if I can get him out of the house and they're going to continue
0: to have babies, then, hey, we can control them. Let me ask you this now. Yes. If I adopted a son right now mm-hmm. and he happened to be black,
2: mm-hmm. okay,
0: and I could see that happen. I'd love it if it happened, if mm-hmm. God made that happen. But anyway, because I have no kids, I'd love to have children. But anyway, so if, if you call my son... The N-word. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're black or white. Mm-hmm. I'll punch you in the nose. Mm-hmm. I think that's degrading. That's it, like saying, "Hey, you know, if you said it enough times, like, hey, Rhett, um, <clears throat> uh, oh yeah, you're a you're a high school dropout. You're mm-hmm. a failure.' Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think I I think my fruition would say that I've done pretty well for an eighth grade diploma. I have a friend who's a billionaire up on the beach, and he said, "Can you imagine what I would have done, Rhett, if I'd gotten the ninth grade diploma?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, point, you but you the
2: thing here, Rick, it, it's not, it used to bother me being called, I can laugh at that now. That what? That N-word that yeah. you call. Ah. The thing about it, the military has a description for it that it's a low-down, dirty person, whether he's black or white. I don't think okay. we should use it, but no, no, I understand that, but I'm saying what the military description are, yeah, I went and did research. The southern whites could not pronounce niger n i g e r yeah, so that's where the word derived from,
0: yeah, okay? And Niger is a a place in Africa
2: that there you go.
0: there it is. And so with
2: that, When we are uneducated and we keep pushing things, and then we, as black folk, not all, call ourselves that.
0: It's horrible.
2: It gets to wherein uh, I see some uh, white kids and I call themselves that, okay? (laughs) I'm a white nigger. I use the word uh, to explain it, to educate people,
0: not so much. For uh, words, words are very powerful. Though. So the, the Lord now, If you, I don't know where you guys are at this way, but the Lord spoke the world into existence. Mm-hmm. Let there be light. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an uncle. Now, my my grandparents had six children. Little Joey got cancer and died at six. Mm-hmm. So Michael comes along unexpectedly. He's the last kid. My uncle, almost my age, is a few years older than me. Well, they spoiled him because they had they felt so guilty about Joey. This this they they spoiled. Well, Michael ended up he was a terror. I mean, he even at my aunt's wedding, he he kicked the priest in the in the shin. I mean, this guy. Uh, he ended up going to jail. But my grandmother always said, "You're going to go to jail. You're going to go to jail one day. You're going to go to jail. You're going you, you to you know keep preaching that he went to jail, right? Yeah. because there's because power in the and word. our words. That's and it. I, you know, I mean, you know every. Uh, i just, if I had black skin, I'd be telling all the young people, I said, stop using that word against each mm-hmm. other. It's lower. Yeah. It's like me saying that I'm a lazy Irishman. Mm hmm. And I am Irish. Are you Irish, by the way, uh, of, uh, of uh,
1: Seamus? I am indeed. I am indeed. Because you can remember, we remember I those am so- also lazy, but that's. <laughs> 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 so. <am I. laughs> I think you guys may be obliquely hitting at something that I think is uh, also critical Mm -hmm. in the issue that we're discussing today, and that is this. There have always been those who profited by keeping us divided Mm -hmm. and pitted against one another. Divided and conquered. Right. And suspicious, who have always fanned our petty little grievances. The difference is that now we've turned that into a cottage industry. The difference is now we've institutionalized that. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: The divide. And
1: it is out of that. Mm. It is out of that that we begin to create the narcissistic sociopaths.
0: Okay, what is it, what do you mean by that?
1: How does that create? What I mean by that is that we have turned ourselves into a culture. I told you earlier, Rhett that I don't use the word victim Mm -hmm. to describe the people whose lives were ended or torn asunder by these vicious murderers because these killers think of themselves as victims. They proudly identify always some grievance, some grudge, some fear that's exploited And fanned. Sometimes they wrap it in racism because you know what racism is 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 a refuge for weak men. Racism is a refuge for weak and cowardly men. Oh yeah. And sometimes they wrap themselves in that. Sometimes they wrap themselves in anti-Semitism. Sometimes they wrap themselves in some other personal grudge. If you turn around and look at the guy who committed the atrocious slaughter at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, claiming to be some kind of hero in his own twisted mind, if you compare him to a guy who a couple of years earlier had shot up a township committee meeting killing three at a place a couple of miles from my home on the other side of the state of Pennsylvania. You'd find that there's really no difference between them. In that case, the guy's grudge was that he had been told to clean up his yard. The the issue the issue at its heart is that we have over the last decades made as much of a technological advancement in our ability to divide and pit and stoke the flames of grievance as we have in terms of improving and refining and making more lethal the weapons that we sell. And we sell them, we sell them to people whom we've conditioned to see them as their defense against the very divisions we stoke.
0: Well, I, I like you know what just happened a couple of years ago before I was kicked off the station. Now, Sylvester and I have known each other for years, uh, and this is this has to do with the black and white issue. When I was a little boy, the very first book I ever read was on George Washington Carver. I don't know why I picked that up. I don't know. uh, Booker T. Washington was another paperback I read cover to cover. Uh, I don't know. I used to think before I knew Jesus, you know, he says appointed once to, uh, to die and then judgment. I used to believe I must have either been part of a black family or a black man in the last incarnation because even I would sneak down when I did go to the community college. I would sneak downstairs to watch these tapes on Martin Luther King. Nobody can say that man wasn't a great man. And um,
1: <sighs> well, somebody did, so, so, and he had uh, a gun.
0: Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, so, so a couple of years ago, when this uh, there was Black Lives Matter. Uh, there was a guy in town here, he's an artist, he's an odd sort of a guy, but he painted the side of a building and said, all lives matter. Well, then the Black Lives Matter came along and painted over it. So I vocalized, I said, no, you shouldn't do that, that's his art, you find your own building. Well, I, I've never been called a bigot in my life, Never. I got I got a whole group of lesbians from up in, in uh, Ohio and uh, and probably Pennsylvania telling me that I should be off the air. They wrote letters to Vero's Voice Magazine, not knowing that I'm the publisher and owner, <coughs> saying that I should be taken off the air as mayor of the airways. And all I know is that after that, Clear Channel, the young guy, a little cocky, said, uh, "You've done your last show after 26 years," and I was paying those people close to $100,000 a year. So he was stupid because he gave up. That little station doesn't make diddly squat. Mm-hmm. So they let Rush go, and they let me go, and they turned it into a music station, which I don't, I presume is not doing very well. But anyway, so that's the first time in my life, and I could not defend myself. I, this guy, I mean, I, I've been in the Martin Luther King Day Parade for 25 years, mm-hmm. and they're calling me a big, and there's no... I felt like Jesus did when he was falsely accused. I'd done nothing but good, and this, but I can't, couldn't refute it. And all this anger welled up, and it's like not in me, I mean, but all this anger was welled up in other people, and it gets to be a mess. And when they, when they, it gets to be tribal, and people are against people, and you know what? It's like you and I. We've just met today, right, uh, uh, um, Mar- um, Marcus, right? not Marcus, Seamus, Uh Seamus Seamus. Seamus, Seamus, we just, I'm getting older, I'm 68, so Seamus, uh, you know, we just, that much we,
1: older than I am, right How old are you? I'm 63.
0: Yeah, well, you're a youngster, so, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, um, <coughs> anyway, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's devastating that people are tribal, they're pinning people against people, you and I just met, you're a liberal guy, and I can tell you right now, you know already, we're going to have many radio shows in the future. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I love this guy already, you know? And yet you coin yourself as a liberal with a gun he likes to hunt. And uh, and I'm the kind of guy that always wants the other side, you know? Uh, did you watch the new movie on Netflix on, on RFK, Robert I don't watch
2: Netflix or oh. any of those things. You don't? No. no.
0: Well, you're... Only the news or sports I watch. I don't watch the news. I just, <laughs> a few years ago, when the COVID it was either beat up Trump or the COVID, COVID beat up Trump. One day, and I'm a guy on the radio, 20-something years, 26, 27 years at the time. You know, I just said, I can't take the negativity anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I turned up, now I will admit, now that I have my iPad, I've watched the NBC evening news maybe seven times mm-hmm. in the past two and a half years. But that's it. And I don't watch Fox because I, I, Mr. Hannity's manager is in town here, you know. And I went mm. to lunch with him recently at the Ocean Grill, and but Hannity kind of goes on and on and on. Well, no, I, I reverence him. He's very he's far more successful than I'll probably ever be. But mm-hmm. you know, the, the, they they like to beat up, and you know, I don't know who struck first. I'll, well, listen, something
2: even here in our little community. Yes, sir. When something good happens, mm-hmm. you sell very few newspapers. Yeah. But when bad news, and that's the reason oh, Fox does, yeah. when they can keep controversy between...
0: It's all about the money. That Jesus just didn't say money was evil, right, Pastor? Yeah, he said the, the love of the money. Love of money. Because yeah. if you love your brother, you're not going to sell him food that'll poison him. If you love your brother, you're not going to seduce his wife. If you love yeah. your neighbor as yourself, yes, and on and on and on. So it's the and it's really gummed us all up. Well, no, it didn't
2: gum us up. Let's go back and Cruise Chef said back Khrushchev. in the Sef, Sef, uh, '60s. See, America will fall because of greed. They will sell their souls for a dollar, mm-hmm. and we see it today. Go back to scripture again. Say, in the last days, men should become lovers of themselves more than the lovers of God. Yes. And what? The poor will get poor and the rich richer. And this is what's happening. The Bible has to be fulfilled. And it takes each
0: one of us who read it to follow instruction and obedience. Well, it's not just that. Hold on. It's also life. Like, for instance, now I feel very privileged. Do you want to know why I feel privileged? because i came to this town with nothing i couldn't afford five hundred dollars a month rent i now have a beautiful home on the water but because of the circumstances economically i sold it it's under contract and i'm gonna have to move out and i go through episodes of of feeling very happy and another episodes of being of being depressed uh but um i had a i have a friend of mine i, I shouldn't say who he was a guest on my show last week now he's become a friend over the years and he uh he sold a ball team for $300 million. He started a school. He made 20, uh, thir- 25 or $30 million, whatever. This guy's super rich. And I don't hold this against him, but he has a house down in southern Florida, and they've invited us to come down. And, you know, you see on the on, the, yeah, on, on Instagram, you see on Facebook, they're pushing all this stuff on the young people. Oh, you can have this car that does this and a Bugatti that sells for $3 million. I looked at this. Look, I've been in a lot of houses, and I've met a lot of famous people. I've met a lot of rich people. You know what mm-hmm. I found out? You know who the happiest people are? When there's a little home just filled with love. Mm-hmm. I will say this. When I went to Haiti as a missionary, and I see those little black faces, those white eyes, and the bright smiles, they run across the field because they see me called a Blanc in, in, in Haiti. I Haiti. But here's somebody new. Here's a new human being. They look at me like a Christmas present because they ain't got anything. They're lucky if they have a thatched roof. But because they're poor, they're poor in spirit and they know and they love people. And, you know, when you don't love people, we all know this. Think about somebody right now. There's somebody you meet and you think, boy, we can become friends. But then you realize they're very successful. They kind of nice. Oh, they're perfunctory. They shake your hand and then they're on their way. They don't need another friend. Because their best friend, they think they're insulated because of their money. That's why Jesus said harder for a rich man to get into the kingdom of God as easier for a a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And so, uh, but anyway, this guy sent me pictures of his new house. And it's got a veranda. The veranda is as big as this plaza. It's like, why would you want to stand on that veranda? I mean, the rooms, like the bedrooms are huge. The kitchen's huge. Who cleaned the house? They uh, <laughs> well, got to meet, probably. Uh, see, that's but, what. But the point, I'm saying, but, but that, even that. But it's, it's just the point is this: it's it's like everybody thinks more is more, more is often less, and less is often more. The more you want,
2: the more you get, the more greedy yeah. you.
0: Yeah. Well, get. I don't know why. I don't know how. I feel very privileged in this. Somehow, God got into me, and I know that's not where it's at. Because I came. Well, I came to terms a few months ago. Uh, They kicked me off a secular station, uh, Seamus, and now, of course, we're streaming now, but I also have, I've just, this this is the good Lord above, so they kicked me off a thousand-watt station I've been on for 26 years. I was devastated. I lost clients, but a lot of people stuck with me because I have a magazine, too. So about five months ago, I said to the good Lord, I said, Lord, I said, how long, just like David, how long will you let my enemies glee over me? I never thought there was any ability. There were no more stations right here in Vero Beach. It was done. It was over with. My career is over. How did it happen? But now I'm on a 100,000-watt station that goes all the way down to Cuba from mm-hmm. Melbourne. I was on 1,000. The Lord says he'll make it up maybe 10% the devil finds you out. He's got to repay you 10%, 30%, or a hundredfold. A man looked at me and said, you know something? you got a hundredfold, brother. A hundred thousand watts mm-hmm. from nothing. This is what the Lord can do, Amen. and and I, I I learned a few months ago. I said, you know, but there's one thing I want to do. It ain't make more money. Oh, I like nice things. I've taken cruises and I've been I've been I've been spoiled to a degree. But my joy is when somebody repents and comes to know the living God. Amen. And, and even Shamish and I were talking about earlier. I do not mean religion. I do not mean going and sitting in a pew because you know no. in your church pastor. Mm-hmm. There's chaff and there's wheat. Do you ever see a photograph of chaff and wheat? Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I saw it for the first time recently, and wheat has little bulges in it because it has fruition. Mm-hmm. The chaff bears no fruit. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus said, the God said, I'm just going to grow them up together, and then we're going to separate the goats from the sheep later on. And, and I'm, sure that, uh, I'm sure that my new friend Seamus will agree with me. Jesus is not impressed with the religion because he said on that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord. And uh, we, we cast out demons in your name, mm-hmm. you know, and said, so I never knew you. Yeah. But to others, I can see the Mr. Bernstein, some Jewish guy going, and Jesus says, but uh, Mr. Bernstein, you fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. You visited me in prison. Shabbat, what are you talking about, Jesus? I don't know you. I never fed you. I never. Did. Mr. Bernstein, when you did it to the least of these mine brethren. You
2: did it unto me? It under
0: me? Now, I'm not saying you can earn salvation, no. because there was a conversion when I was 29 in my living room. I went from darkness to light. There's no doubt about it. it like a switch. That's and- not religion. No. That's, that's salvation. That's salvation. <laughs> there's, there's a difference. Men create, just like men create boundaries, I they said, create they religions. Religion. Hey, we all got pink shirts on. We're going to go to heaven. You're all going to hell. You've got Catholic people that are born again. Then you've got Catholic people that are religious. You've got Protestants that are born again. you got Protestants that are just religious. you got every what? No. Go any anyway. It's And you know what I say? King David said, Cursed is the man that maketh man his trust. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. Now, I love you guys. I, I love my new friends. Seamus, I love you guys. You need my money, you need my food, you got it. But, um, but I will not follow you. I follow Jesus. I do not trust men completely. I just don't. I think you're foolish if you do.
2: Well, he even gave us a place in the Bible for that. Yeah. It's in, uh, uh help me, Charlie, if I'm wrong. In Psalms, say put not your trust in man, but put your confidence in God. Yes. Then not only that, uh, Men are God's mouthpiece. Those who are righteous. Yes. Okay. Well, we've and all had old. that. Yes.
0: Yeah. Like you come and see it. Like you've done that with me in my life. Something will be going on. They call it a word and season. Well, look at the world would have me not get along with Seamus as soon as I found out that he was a liberal. I'm a liberal with a gun, Rhett, right? That's what you said this morning, right, Seamus?
1: The way I introduced myself. If I had a business card, that's what would be on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know what? I'm delighted that we can talk yes. and reason together. And that I esteem Seamus, and he probably is smarter than me, but I esteem Seamus as being smart. He says, esteem others greater than yourself." That's it. Right there, Rick. Yes, sir? Uh,
3: it's where the, I think the uh, missing link is Learning to respect one another uh, I heard you say that uh, You don't put much faith in a man yes, sir. But I look back and see Jesus When he finished making everything And looked back at it and said it's good mm. Then he turned around and told a man You occupy until I come You take care of this until I come He put all of that, what he had made, in the hands of man. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Now, when we honor one another, you know, when we began to love one another as man and then we honor them, you know, we'll see some togetherness. Pastor with can I unity.
0: There's a song by Bob Dylan called Dignity. The produced version I don't like There's two of them. There's a third one. It's the one he did on the piano just to hand to the producer. It's just so honest and Anyway, what I have realized late in life in the summertime now, I go to Vermont. I happen to like Vermont. A lot of liberals up there, Seamus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, I go They to
1: also ver- have guns. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I go to I go to Vermont and they have a law there. It's actually the law in Florida too, but we don't we don't engage it. Because it's small town up there in Stowe. When somebody steps off the sidewalk onto the street, you stop. Suddenly the lover of self, Rhett, I me, mine, Rhett, Rhett Palmer. I'm first, I'm late to getting to the doctor's office. I gotta go to the dentist's office. But you know what? When someone steps off that curb, it's the law in Vermont. And you know what I do? It feels so good. I say, you stop, Rhett. There first. And you know what feels good? When I have when I give others dignity, do you know we're mm-hmm. walking into the post office and I hold the door for you? Mm-hmm. I immediately give myself dignity. Mm-hmm. You know, someone says, oh, you're a gentleman and a scholar. but And and, I, and now you're ahead of me in the post office. By the way, you worked in the post office. <laughs> but now you're ahead of me in the post office. So what? You know, if we sacrifice a little for each other, putting others first, That's suddenly, right. you know, I, there was a lady walking down the street a few years ago, and she didn't look up and smile. I smile at everybody. Like people. I thought, why didn't that lady smile at me? You know what I said? I said, because she's a poor, one of those poor. She looked like she was economically, you know, poor, maybe a street person. She doesn't think she has any value. Well, you know what? I want people to learn, I don't care, whatever you have in your pocket or whatever you don't have in your pocket or your bank account, you have power. Everybody wants power, right? All these people Mm -hmm. want to take over government. Power. I'm telling everybody, you got power. You have the power no matter who you are. I don't care if you're homeless. You can see somebody walking down the street, and I've had it happen to me. Somebody just smiles at me. Did They don't know that I'm having a bad day. They don't know my mom just died or whatever it might be. Have you ever had somebody do that just at the right oh, time? Yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. I was at I remember I was at an Easter celebration a few years ago, and I never had a dad. My dad was killed. But this this older man put his hand on my shoulder just for a second. I don't know even know why I did. I forget what the conversation was, but it it was like wow. It felt so nice to be Love. touched by a fellow man to be loved. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I think we need to give each other. It's fun mm-hmm. to give dignity. Yeah, because yes, you dig, the moment you give it, you get it. Yes, that's it. right. And it's see, so that's cool. It.
3: Yeah. You know, you give. And, you know, I've been to pray for people in the hospitals or at their homes. And I end up being more blessed than they was. I feel good about it. I, you know, when I go and minister to them, and I get feel like I got the best out of
0: it. And these kids... These shooters, they don't have self dignity. They yeah. knew they had. They want to have power because they're angry, and they feed the anger. I thought maybe we should come up with t-shirts. I came up with this idea: feed your anger, and it will eat you up. You know, it's just like you. Look, I've learned as I've gotten older. Do you ever get mad in, in cars? We've all been mad in cars. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I realize, you know what? Okay. I just I let the person go. You know why? I don't, I don't, I'm not. If, you, if I throw you a ball and you throw it back to me, you're in the game. Mm-hmm. But if I don't throw the ball back, I'm not in the game. And that person, don't worry about it, folks. That person's going to run into themselves mm-hmm. down the road with somebody else. Yes. So somebody comes up on your behind going fast, let them go by you. You don't have to join the race. Little. You know? You, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I laugh about that because. It, it happened to me some years ago. I came up to the red light. Yeah. And the light changed to green and I come through. This kid's going a uh, different way and he ran the red light and he shot the bird at me. Well, it made me, man, I chased the kid. <laughs> he ran across this little bridge off of 45th Street, went up in there. And now I'm a preacher and I blocked the bridge. And God spoke and said, Now what you're going to do? I had to laugh to myself. <laughs> and that so now, when that, when that rage started coming up, I just laughed.
0: You know, that's what I, I was going I went up to Walmart recently. And I think some of us go to Walmart. Maybe we have a tendency because they got some real odd people at Walmart. And <laughs> oh, I yeah. think I'm a little better, right? I might think I'm a little better. A lot yeah, of people do. Yeah. But I got out at Walmart recently, and I don't know what it was in me. I said, Lord, I'd like to help people here. I love I love regular folks and poor folks and people have tattoos all over their bodies or people that are poor, whatever they might be. And I said, you know, I'd really like to get one of those collars that the priests have. Cause you know why? I said, if I put that on myself, it says, I'm in total service to others. I'm not about self. And it feels so good to put others first its riches now i don't know how you feel about all this seamus we're not hearing much from you what uh... first of all i do want people to know i want them to go out and buy your book uh... the rise of the american mass shooter a very apropos for this time uh... where can they get a copy of your book seamus
1: Uh, pretty much anywhere amazon your local bookstore by all means go to your local bookstore um... they could use your help um... The book is everywhere. I, I, I want to focus on one thing that yes, uh, out of uh, we're, we're far more in agreement than we are in disagreement with much of what you've said. and one, I think thing that is very, very important. Mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to beg off after, after saying this because mm-hmm. I've, I've got to do another interview, but okay. you talked a little bit about power and the pursuit of things, mm-hmm. okay yeah. to fill the void. Um and in that pursuit of power the merchants of it sell us division. You talk about the anger that maintained by these killers and stoked by the communities they surround themselves in. And implicit in what you said is a recognition that these killers, in so many ways, are just like the rest of us, only more so. Mm -hmm. And we talk about rights. And we talk about things. We have to remember that for every right, we have a responsibility, that every benefit we achieve in our lives conveys upon us a responsibility. We, as a people, are failing in that responsibility. We are failing in our collective responsibility. Before I beg off, I'm going to... You guys have have quoted scripture now and then in the course of this conversation. A few days ago, a buddy of mine also, a hunter who thinks much the same way I do from mountains in a different part of the country, sent me a, uh, a quote from Isaiah 115. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Mm. That's not a rebuke. It's a challenge.
0: Well, it's true that the Lord says if you see evil... And you don't do anything about it, the blood will be on your hands. But if you see evil and attempt to do something, though you fail, the blood will not be on your hands. I'll tell exactly. you what, we got about the blood, about 50 million babies on our hands. We should not be killing babies. I can't believe they would call somebody evil who wants to save the life of a baby. <sighs> we have blood on our I suppose
1: that's hands. a debate for a, for a different chapter. Different chapter. Yeah,
0: different chapter. Well, listen, okay, so the rise of the American Mass Shooter, and uh, you and I will be getting together again soon, Seamus, I hope. And uh, I, I have your phone number, you have mine. Let's stay in touch, okay? Absolutely, absolutely. Right.
1: Thank you for having me. God and bless it was you. great meeting you, gentlemen.
0: Right. Nice meeting you. I feel like I made a new friend today. Thank you.